Take your Bibles to uh, Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 through all the way to 33. 20 to 33. It's a a fairly long passage, but I'm I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to go and pick out a few sections in there. Now, this may surprise you, but I'm not actually going, I'm not going to the New Testament on the subject of leaven. Little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. The Bible warns us about leaven. Leaven, like yeast, put it in something, it'll take over. Um, but there is power in just a little evil, just a little glitch, just a little trouble, just a little leaven. Call it what you want. We've got to be careful as born-again Christians, that we don't let some little thing get under our saddle, like a burr under the saddle, or get uh, you know something in your craw, as they say, and, and ruin you. It's crazy. Don't let something small ruin you. Don't let it do it. Some people will get little, some little bitterness of some kind. It can be just a little thing. You know, maybe, I, and I, I've heard, you know, you know, maybe 50 different reasons why people get Something under the under a burr under the saddle. That's a western. If I'm out west, I'd probably feel better. But uh, and then they, you know, they let that bother me. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The power of a little leaven. The power of a little of a little something in your life that you don't deal with. Some little sin. Some little concession. That the Holy Spirit will come by and tell you, give that up, and you go, ah, that won't hurt anything. That little, you know, and it ends up hurting some. Big. I want to talk to you about that tonight a little bit. Let's read in Exodus chapter 23. I've been talking about this subject a little bit in prayer meeting. Exodus 23, 20 says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. Now, the context is the children of Israel are in outside of, they're out of Egypt. All the miracles are done. They're out of Egypt, and, and they're getting manna, and they're getting quail, they're getting water out of rock. God's taking care of them. And he said, um, I'm going to send an angel before you. To keep thee in the way and bring thee in the place which I have prepared, which eventually was Mount Sinai. Then from Mount Sinai they went to Kadesh Barnea, and from Kadesh Barnea they were they sent the twelve spies in, and from there they should have went in and conquered the land. It would have been about a year out of Egypt. So in about a year they should have conquered the land, but because of unbelief, craziest thing ever. It, it delayed them another forty years. Now forty years. Uh, there's nobody in this room 40 years is not a long time to. 40 years is a long time. And I, I've been, I've been uh, going through Deuteronomy uh, this week, and, man, it hit me again about these poor souls that had to go this 40 years in the wilderness out there wandering basically aimlessly. And uh, there are only a couple of them or so. All their kids, 20 and under, got to go into the promised land, but anybody, anybody 20 and over uh, and I don't quite know where the mar- line of demarcation on 20 was, but uh, the point being that they didn't get to go. They had to die in the wilderness because of their unbelief. And so they had this great opportunity. They should have went in the land within a year and ended up being 40 years, 41 years. And then it, really Moses didn't get to go. Joshua had to take him in. Wow. And so Caleb and Joshua got to go in. 
I thought it interesting that God sent an angel before them to bring them into this place. And, and notice the next statement. Beware of him. You know what that tells me? We just don't have enough fear of the Lord. We just don't. We, we have heard so much of a watered-down, gushy, mushy, huggy, feely type religion that we forgot the God we serve is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He is a consuming fire. Now, those are just statements out of the Bible. Uh, the Bible says uh, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. People come to me and say, that's not the God I serve. Well, that is the God you, do, you serve. The God of the Old Testament indeed is the God of the New Testament. I hope you're smart enough about the Bible and know that when Jesus came, he didn't represent Jehovah God in his, in his full aspect because he, he was a lamb. He came as a lamb, amen, to shed his blood. He came harmless and, and, and uh, innocent, lamb of God. But brother, he's not coming back that way. That's over. He's coming back as, as the God of the Old Testament, brother, taking vengeance. Read Thessalonians. Taking vengeance on them who know not God. In fiery vengeance. Now, that's the God of the Old Testament, brother. Jesus Christ. Well, it says, beware of him. Wow. And obey his voice. Provoke him not. Sometimes we get the idea you can't make God mad. The Bible says he's angry with the wicked every day. I think it's Psalm 711. He's angry with the wicked every day. You can make God mad by your behavior. You make him angry at you. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. And then it skipped down there to verse 24. Thou shalt not bow to their gods, nor serve them. Note, put number one by bow down. Put number two by serve them. Nor do after their works. Put number three by do after their works. Thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young or be barren in the land the number of the days I will fulfill. Wow. That's powerful, isn't it? Look at verse 28. I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, Hivite and Canaanite and the Hittite before thee. There were seven nations, actually. And I, I will not drive them out from thee before thee in one year. He could have. Lest the land become desolate, and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. I'm not quite sure what those beasts were, but there was uh, carnivorous beasts that if they were not kept killed back, would have multiplied up and harassed them. Uh, by little and little, little by little. And I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Basically he says, I'm going to let you take the land in the degree that you multiply. I'll let you, you know, take it little by little. Interesting. And I will set my bounds from the Red Sea even to the Sea of Philistines. And from the desert of the river, and I will deliver the heavens to the land of thy hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them. 
No compromise. No compromise. Nor with their gods. You got to drain the swamp. And they shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against thee. Look at that. For if thou serve their gods, it will utterly be a snare unto thee. The background is God's promise of deliverance. He promises them personal protection. He promises them his personal presence. And he promises them his perpetual power. I just want to sound like Tom Farrell just one time. Tom talks like that. He talks in regular conversation with Tom Farrell. And everything's like T, 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 D, 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 F, F, F. I said, Tom, stop it. I can't take it. He said, Bill, I've done this for so many years. This is, this is just who I am now. Amen. I'm reading a guy. I'm reading a book right now. The guy does that in his book. He does the SSS and CCC and the DDD. And, you know, I'm like, what is it that we are not to do concerning their gods? What, what did he tell these people? I think this is, this is apropos for today. Man, the world's the world. Uh, there, on TV this afternoon, I, I hit it for about five minutes, and I, I noticed they're having they're rerunning Kent State University. I wonder why they're doing that. They're rerunning Kent State University and how the National Guard had live ammunition and how the kids the, the kids wouldn't move. They wouldn't obey the law, and they shot 56 times in like 12 seconds and killed four, five, killed four people, wounded 19. They can be thankful they didn't all get killed. And... Uh, uh, but I thought to myself, there's nothing new under the sun, amen? We got the same thing today, same thing today. Bunch of spoiled kids go to college. You know, you put all them boys, you put all them kids getting up at 4.30 in the morning and start milking cows, it'll cure a lot of problems. Amen, Tommy? You put them to work and get, they don't have time to be thinking about free speech. They're just trying to think about free time. We're not to bow down. Remember I told you Mark 1, 2, 3, you know, 1, 2, 3, in that verse there, verse 24. We're not to bow down. This is to do homage. This is to humble yourself. Uh, put another way, this is to give honor to them in any way. Now, you may not like what I'm going to say, but I've long given up on that. Elvis, I went to Elvis's house a few years ago with Tom Crone. We were on a motorcycle trip. And we were coming through Sykeson, Throat Roll, which everybody, everybody should go to the Throat Roll, Sykeson, Missouri. It's worth coming tonight for that tip right there. And um, I was coming down, I think it's Highway 5. I'm not quite, no, it's not 5. Five's on the other side. Well, maybe it is 5. I don't know what it is. But anyway, coming down Super Highway, we're going by Memphis. And I say, Memphis? I think Elvis Presley lived there. Let's stop by his house. Say hi. And man, we stopped there. There wasn't, there wasn't hardly anybody there. And we paid our 25 bucks and went in. By the way, Tom, Tom he's not here, so I'm going to talk about him. Uh, it's, it's important you attend all the meetings of gospel. If you're not here, I'll talk about you. But uh, you know, Tommy, Tommy uh, went to the woman. We parked our motorcycle. It was hot that day. Who, who said it don't get hot up north? 
It was smoking hot that day. And I par- we parked our bikes. We had to park our bikes a good uh, two blocks away. And then we walked our way into the ticket booth there, got in the ticket booth. And, you know, Tom always loves, these old people love to say, you got a senior discount? Well, I wasn't old enough then to even ask that. Now I would. But uh, you got a senior discount? One says, yes, we do. I want your ID. And he says, look at me. That didn't work out. She had absolutely zero sense of humor and less personality. And she says, show me your ID, sir. And he said, look at me. He says, how old do you got to be to get a senior discount? I think she said 65. He said, you don't think I'm 65? And she says, show me your ID, sir. And he starts getting heated. And I said, Tom, stop. I'll go back and get your license. I ain't going to go all the way back there and get my license. She don't know I'm 65. What kind of people are these? And all this. I said, oh, brother. Look, I'll pay for it. I don't even care. I just want to go in to see Elvis. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so he, he pays, but he's pouting now. And so we walk in there, and I said, man, I'm hot. I want to get a Coke. And he goes, okay. So we walk in there. Now, look, this is just like being in Disneyland. How much are Cokes in Disneyland? Yeah, five bucks. So I knew we were up for a bombshell here. He walks in. He's already upset. He had to pay $3 more than everybody else. or same, He had to pay the same price I paid. And so we go in, and a girl says, that'll be $4. I ain't paying $4 for no soda. I say, man, Tom, he walks out. I sit down and have my $4 soda. It's for the cause. And... Uh, so then we toured Elvis's house, saw where he was and all the stuff he had and everything else. Let me tell you, Elvis was a god, and he was worshipped. By any definition I can look up, you, you, get, you like Siri? Get into Siri and go, Siri, define God, define worship. And you're going to find the honor they gave that man. When he died, people lined up on the road there. It was just on the main road. They lined up on that main road and put flowers. When I die, they ain't going to do that. There'll be celebrations. But I mean, what in the world they worship that old boy? And they worship, what do they call them? Rock stars, gods. You know, they're gods. There's only one being worthy of that kind of respect and honor. Well, who is he? Jesus Christ, God. Manifest in the flesh. But to serve them, verse 24, this could be any act of benefit to them. Uh, It could be uh, financially giving to them, telling others about them, stuff like that. All of that has to do with worship. Worship is broad. It's a big, broad word. People say, well, I didn't worship him because I didn't get down on all fours and say prayers to him. Yeah, but you bought all of his records. Uh, you, you, you got a velvet Elvis in your house. You, you, you got Elvis on your bumper. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Years ago, I preached like this. I had a member of our church call me up and say, I'm leaving the church. 
I says, why? He said, you spoke bad about Elvis. I said, brother, come, please don't tell me that. I went over to his house. When I walked in his house, I had the velvet Elvis. How many here? Don't, don't raise your hand. He had a velvet Elvis. You know what I'm talking about by the velvet Elvis? They made that velvet Elvis. If you don't know, you don't need to know. Velvet Elvis. He had Elvis memorabilia all over his house. I go, I said, I don't take back a word. He's a God, and you're in trouble because you're giving him. Why you don't, I don't see pictures of Jesus around here. That's because you don't know what he looked like. But I don't even see anything of Jesus in this house. If I came to your house, would I be able to convict you on the evidence I found there that you worshiped Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Or would I believe that you were a worshiper of, a, of a, the, the Steelers? Which if I was you, I wouldn't watch one of their games. I hit the, I, I, I tuned, I ran the channels, which is normal for me. I ran the channels and hit a pro football game, and I enjoyed turning that off. I don't need football. I know I'm speaking heresy. Thirdly, we are not to do after their works. This could be stuff like copying their clothing. mannerisms, mannerisms, whether to speak like they speak, walk like they walk. In other words, worship has to be, uh, what do they say? Imitation is the highest compliment. Is that not right? Imitation is the highest compliment. We're to utterly overthrow them. In other words, we're not to be passive concerning other God. We're to be aggressive about it. Ephesians 5.11. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That means you've got to get aggressive toward. Don't, there's no passive stand here. Aggressive, reprove them. Michael Jackson was of the devil. I want to thank all you people tonight. It's sad, isn't it? The way they worship Michael Jackson. An admitted pedophile. I saw I saw it with my own eyes. He had 12-year-old boys come in and sleep in his own bed. Oh, that's love. That's what he said. Um, folks, it's just the truth. We're to be aggressively against evil. In a day of don't be confrontational, the Bible tells us to be confrontational. We're supposed to take a stand against evil. Not just not worship those gods, but be against the worship of those gods. Why? It's sending people to hell. You don't want to be for something sending people to hell. Man, I can't can't condone those things that are sending people to hell. I need to be aggressively against them. I don't need to be a hate monger, and I don't need to even be a hateful spirit. But I got to say that's wrong, and it's, it's, it's wrong to, to do honor to them. It's wrong to do the homage you're doing to them. It's wrong to give them all the money you're giving them. Don't do it. Give it to God, the one who made heaven and earth. Serve him with your homage. Serve him with your honor. Serve him with your life. Isn't that what he said? 
Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is a God's considered to be? Well, I looked it up on Funk and Wagnalls. How many know of Funk and Wagnalls? Funk and Wagnalls said this about a God. Funk and Wagnalls said, any person or thing made the chief object of one's love, of one's interest, or of one's aspiration is a God. Hey, listen to me. You people with kids, be careful. Watch. Here's what you do. Suddenly, they sneak in. Suddenly, they come in your home. They go right past you and get to your kids. And they begin to, uh, their, their chief object of one's love, one's interest, or one's aspiration. In other words, they want to be like them. That's according to a secular dictionary. Based on this commonly agreed upon definition, let's, let's make a little application. We should watch ourselves and not go after these other gods. Israel's story was a sad one. They quickly began to honor the gods that they ran into and financially contributed to them. They took on their mannerisms. They began to act like the heathen's gods and, and look like the heathen that worshiped them. You know the history of it. I've said it over and over. The Bible says, you read your Bible, God judged them. How did he do it? He judged them with oppression, with chaos, with invasion, with taxation, with crime, with deportation, with slavery, with economic ruin, and eventual dispersion. All because they would not separate themselves from the gods of the nations, the leaven. The leaven. They let a little leaven in their, in their lives. The same thing, I believe, is happening and has been happening from then to now. The tactic of the devil does not become new. He uses the same old, same old, and never generations. He tries to pollute God's people and sit back and watch their God judge them. I said this in prayer meeting. This is what I've been going over a little bit in prayer meeting. Proverbs 5.22, his own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. Does that verse knock your socks off or what? Isn't it wild that sin, you do sin, and it's like taking a contact with tiny little, tiny little time capsules. You sin, and by taking part of that sin, you swallow the, the consequences. In, in, inculcated in the sin are the consequences. Man, get that. That's a that's what it says, you're held by the cords of your own sin. So when you sin on a lust or something that God says don't do and you do it, you, you take it, it's like chocolate. Mmm, it's good. But the consequences of that have been ingested, and now you'll suffer the consequences. Pimples. That's right. That's right. I had bad acne as a young man. Bad acne. And I can feel my heart goes out for all young people with acne. It's a humbling thing. It's a time when you really care what you look like, maybe more than any other time, 15, 16, 17. And I had this acne. Now, I, did, I had acne before Clearasil, before all this fancy, dancy stuff. And I'd have to go to school with big old zits. And, you know, they get whiteheads, and they go to school, and somebody look at you and say, ooh, 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 that's nasty. Here. 
Again, God humbling me. I found what cured it was beer. If I drank six beers, I didn't care whether I had acne. And the yeast cured my face up. Honestly, I'm telling you the truth, the gospel. Beer. Well, I couldn't do that. I did it once or twice. I mean, how did I know that otherwise? But I was, I was backslid way away from God, you know. But, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, you, you partake of that's what you I, And here's what caused my acne. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and chocolate, three wonderful things. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and chocolate. And I would once in a while just have to have some chocolate. I'd get me some chocolate, and I'd eat it. And I knew two, three days later, I'd get that sore spot, and maybe a side of my nose, and half of my nose would swell up, make it all red and nasty, because those deep ones, those, you, people with acne know what I'm talking about, those deep ones, where they come out from the deep and blow out. It's about a 10-day deal. It's horrible. Well, you didn't know I've suffered this much, did you? No, one I, no wonder I was a loner. God warned them. He says, you partake, you go into this land. There's all kinds of gods that these people have been in. They're all false gods. They're all wrong. Don't be part of it. Don't, don't, don't get warm up. Well, don't warm up to them. Don't be part of that deal. Stay away from it. Because if you partake in that thing, it's going to be a judgment to you. And boy, they did. And you know, we, it, the, the devil does the same thing to you, same thing to me. Our Christian kids. I saw a pop Christian magazine and looked at it a while back. It was a music magazine. It was a teen magazine for Christian teens. And it's, it's distributed over all the churches all over America, if they want it. I began to look at it, and I started looking through it and looking at the kids. And, and I, here's some things I noticed. I wrote them down. Here's a list of about eight, eight things I wrote down when I looked through this magazine. This is a teen magazine for Christian, supposed Christian teens, put out by publishing companies who make money on the music. The kids, first of all, obviously were scantily clad. They had this sort, sort of surly look on their faces. The girls had an obvious come and get me look in their eyes. And the way they posed were sensual poses. Their dress tended to be extreme, not modest. Their hairstyles were copies of secular, secular pop singers. In fact, by looking at the magazine, unless I had told you or the magazine had told you it was Christian, you would not know it was Christian. The Christian record industry, which, which drives all of that, is profit-motivated, profit-driven, not Holy Ghost-driven. They're not going, uh, oh, they may pray. Well, you know, some, some Christians' naivete is beyond belief, but they pray. Well, man, people pray to the devil. Prayer's got to be based on doctrine. It's got to be based on truth. And, and, and they, um, they, 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 they have 
push this upon the kids. The, the themes of their songs were mindless themes of feeling and emotions. Basically, what's in it for me? How it affects me? How did it happen? Our leaders 30 years ago, 40 years ago, began to bow down to this type of uh, God when it came in and didn't take an aggressive stand against it and call it out for what it was. And they began to, our, the children began to bring it in right past the moms and dads. Soon the kids began to serve this music and what goes with the music? Everything goes with the music, everything else. The God of rock. Go to the concerts. Like Israel, they began to do after their works. Speak their language. Copy them. Dress their dress. Talk their talk. Have you ever wondered how a boy on the farm in Kansas learns how to do this? Hey, man, how you doing? And wears these pants down to about here, down, down to about there, and, and, and has his underwear hanging out about six, eight. A kid in Kansas behaving like them California kids or them New York City kids is communication. You cut the communication out, the kid in Kansas is going to be a pretty decent kid, but, and he won't be. Is it close? It's similar to the way the monkeys walk. I should have got a pair of underwear and pulled the. Do you know those underwear? Even the world's fed up with that underwear thing. They're, in a lot of places, you cannot come in with them underwear like that. You can't. They will not let you in. Hallelujah, glory to God. The height of idiocy. Even the world gets that. The Bible says, "Don't do after their works, brother." We are copycats. You go to the dictionary again, the chief object of one's love and interest and aspiration is worship. That's what happens. A little leaven comes in, you, you ignore it, you say all oh, the kids are just doing their thing. Pretty soon your kids are divided from you and don't have any interest in what you have interest in, and they're not who, they, and, they're, and there's, there it goes. I believe in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a major, in a vast number, our Christian kids are, People who call themselves Christians are making rock stars, pop stars, rap stars. They're gods. And that's what's happening. The little leaven has become now a snare unto them. Down the road here, there's a church called Living Waters, which is anything but. And I don't like, to, I'm not trying to knock anybody else, but brother, they have rock concerts over there that resemble the world. And the only way you could tell the difference is if you can understand some of the words. But words don't make a song. A song is a poem and music. Music can be evil. Words can be good. And the song's horrible. If I take water and put 1% rat poison in it or Pepsi or Coke and put 1% rat poison in it, will you drink it? Not if you got any sense. If you take powdered grits, instant grits, and put them on fire ants, they eat it, go get a drink, and blow up. That is false. I'm a sucker. Brother, you tell me something will kill a fire ant, I'll go down and do it. 
How many times? Let me just tell you, as a born-again Christian, you can't, you got to decide, I'm going to be all God, all for God. I'm going to be total. I'm not going to let all this little thing come in and a little, a little sweet thing of the world that I enjoy, and I'm going to kind of protect it. And it won't go too, and here's what I hear, it won't go too far. But you will be the first one, if, if you can control that, if you can control sin, you'll be the first one that's able to do it. Because you've lost God's power. You grieved him when you brought it in. You, you, you quenched him when you brought it in. He's not there to help you. And let me tell you, you personally, without God, can't stand up against sin. You can't do it. You can't stand up against it. Pretty soon, you'll be doing what they do, talking like they talk, going where they go. Brother Gospel Baptist has lost a few of our kids to this kind of stuff. I'm sick of it. And I warn parents to keep their kids. If I went into your kid's bedroom, what would I see? If, I, if you allowed me to go into your children's bedroom, what would I see? I know laying floor covering for 17 years, I get into thousands and thousands of bedrooms changing carpet out. And I've been into teenagers' bedrooms by that literally probably through the years, thousands of teenage bedrooms. And, and seeing Farrah Fawcett Majors hanging on the ceiling. What's that all about, huh? Well, I'm getting back on you, Farrah Fawcett Majors. You about forgot she was alive, right? She is alive? She don't look alive. They got a thing on the web, stars the way they were and stars the way they are today. Every man ought to look at that. Because if you put all your if you put all your marbles in the looks of your wife, there's going to be someday you're going to be disappointed, brother. I don't love my wife because of the way she looked. I love my wife because of who she was. The way she looked got me there. You know what I mean? At the beginning, I'm not going to be crazy and tell you it didn't make any difference. At the beginning, it did. But as I matured. I began to love her for who she was, not what she looked like. You know, one little fire can change that whole deal, yeah? I often think of Johnny. How many here think of Johnny once in a while? You know Johnny, the girl that paralyzed herself neck down? I think of the kind of life I have and the kind of life she's got. And I just, I'm not worthy of the blessings that God's given me. That girl's been paralyzed from the neck down all these years. Now, she's still alive, isn't she? Brother, don't give in to a little leaven. Don't give in. Make no covenant with them, it says, verse 32, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee to sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Father, help us tonight. Forgive us where we have allowed a little leaven in our lives. Some of us in this room have been burnt by that kind of thing. Lord, may, us, may we be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Father, we pray that you would help your people be warned, that the devil don't come oftentimes head on. He tries to sneak in the back door. He tries to come in some little, some little back area, some little, just so he can get a foothold in your life. God knew that his children were in deep danger when they went in the promised land. 
not from the swords and from the spears and from the giants. That, wasn't, that didn't seem to be the danger. The danger was a little, a little evil. Picking up some of the stuff the heathen picked up and allowing it into their life. God, help us to be pure. Be, help us to be holy. Help us to stand away from the things of the world. Search our hearts, O blessed Spirit. Search us and try us. See if there be any wicked way in us. Father, we just pray there be some in this room tonight. The Holy Spirit had been talking to you. There's some area in your life you know that is wrong. You just know what's wrong. You know. And God's been asking you to give it up. Now look, while he's asking, move. Turn away from it. It's going to be damaged to you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to spoil a lot in your life. Give it up. Give it to God. Father, we just pray that your people, which are called by your name, could be blessed of you, could be pleasing in your sight, could be used to reach the lost and around us. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.